Hi, my name is John, and this is Truth Tuesday. Have you ever been in a fist fight? Now, now I've never been in a fist fight myself. I wouldn't call myself a pacifist by any means. I understand that, that there are disagreements and fights and things like that. I'm not going to advocate for fights, but I myself have never been in a fist fight. I have friends who have. I have friends who, you know, before they came to Christ, they said, oh, I used, I used to get in fights all the time with people and, and rough other people up and, and do all these things. But, but the truth is, I've never been and a fist fight, maybe, maybe you have, maybe you just got so enraged at one point or, or you felt like somebody was attacking you or attacking somebody that you loved. I have no idea. There could be a various amounts of reasons, but I, I have never been in a fist fight before, but I have been in a fight all of my life. And the truth is, is that every single one of us have been constantly fighting throughout our lives. Some of us have been fighting one way, some of us have been fighting the other way. And I say that to say we all have been going through some kind of spiritual fight in our lives. You see, there is a spiritual war going on for your soul. Whether you know it or not, there is a spiritual war going on for your soul. And oftentimes we look at it and we say it's the devil and we say it's God and the devil is fighting God. But the truth is and this is something that I had spoken to me when I was younger and it has stuck with me ever since, is the truth is, is that we're outnumbered, is that the fight against God has so many attacks because the truth is, is that if the devil can get you to focus on anything but God, he wins. Anything including yourself, including your family, whatever it might be. If the devil can get you to focus or to love anything more than God himself, he wins. And that's kind of scary to think about, right? Because we, we love our families, we, we, we love our jobs, we love all, all, all kinds of blessings that we get from God. But the reality is, is that if we choose anything over God, then we are allowing the devil to win. The war. Now, does that mean you can't love your family? Does that mean you can't love what you do? Does that mean you can't love sports or music or what? No, of course not. That's not what that means. But what it does mean is that God should remain the number one in our lives at all time. He should remain our focus. He should remain what we strive for in all things. And you want, and, and, and even though we can, fo- we can love those things, we don't have to focus on those things. We can appreciate what we have and recognize those things come from God. But throughout our lives, we have to understand that can be difficult. That can be difficult for us to continually focus on God. But, but the, the good thing is, is that in Ephesians, we are given a roadmap of how we can combat that, of how we can combat the devil's schemes, whether it be focusing on things other than God, whether it be sin and temptation, whatever it is, whatever the devil is trying to use to lead us away from God, we have a way to combat those things. And it happens in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Now I'm going to read you a few verses here from Ephesians chapter 6, because when we ask the the question, how do we arm ourselves? How do we go against the schemes of the devil? Here's what scripture says. Chapter 6, verse 10. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty 
power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places." Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Now, if you're like me, when you grew up reading this passage, whether it be in Sunday school or whether it be with your parents, you probably learned this passage in some way, shape, or form of putting on a helmet and some fake armor and, and, and running around the room with a sword. You know, you, you probably... Put it, put it into practical terms in that way. When in reality, we're not actually walking around with a full set of armor on. What we are walking around with is the, is the ideas and the elements of faith that God gives us through that. You see, Paul uses this picture to tell us these are what you should have in your life to combat the evil schemes of the devil, whatever those schemes might be, whatever, whether those schemes are sin, whether those schemes are desires, whatever they might be, these are the six elements that you need in your life to combat those things. And I want to visit each and every one of them because over the next, what is it? Three verses, Paul mentions three different things, three different elements of our faith that we can have in order to combat the devil. And I think it's important that we visit every single one of them. So the first one is the belt of truth. In the first part of verse 14, it says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. You see, Satan is a master deceiver. He did it in the garden. He does it each and every day, trying to do it to you and to me, to our friends, our families, our loved ones, whoever it might be in our lives. He is a master deceiver, but we don't want to let our faith be twisted, right? The one thing I think a lot about is love and how love has kind of been twisted in our world today and where the true meaning of love is God right? God is love. That's what scripture tells us. When in reality, the world today will try to tell you that you don't need God to have love. When in reality, God is love. And so that is a twist of truth that Satan is trying to put into our lives to say, you don't need God to be a part of love. In fact, it's loving to lead people away from God, right? Like that's, that's not true, but it's a twist uh, of deception that Satan is trying to use into our lives. And there's, there's a multitude of other things. That's just one that comes off my mind right away. But to pursue truth honestly, because we have faith in God. That is truly what this means is that we would pursue truth because we have faith in God. You see, we have no reason to fear truth. As long as we have our hope set in Jesus Christ, we have no reason to fear truth. Anything can come into our lives. Anything can happen to us. But if we have God, if we have the salvation of Jesus Christ, we don't need to fear any kind of truth out there because we already have our hope set in Jesus Christ. The next one in the same verse is the breastplate of righteousness. In the next verse, or in the later in that verse, it says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. There, this is not a self-righteous thing. This is not telling you to be self-righteous. This is not trying to look at yourself and say, I'm better than anybody else. I'm more right or anything. All this means is to pursue doing what is right. And if you know truth, then you're going to know 
what's right. And as you can see with all of these things, just like how wearing a breastplate isn't going to protect you by itself, all of this armor works together. Just like how if somebody is wearing the physical armor, it works together. If we implement all of these elements together, they will work together. You can't have one element without the other. You have to have all of these together. You see, Jesus makes us right with God. It's not anything we've done. We can't do anything to say, oh, I I am now right with other people because I've done so many things, or I'm now right with God because I've been so faithful. In reality, it's Jesus Christ through his death on the cross that makes us right with God. And so we can pursue those good things he has planned for us because of what Jesus did. It's not anything that we did to make ourselves right. It's because Jesus died for us to make us right that we can now pursue those things. See, that's knowing the truth of Jesus. The next part is feet fitted with readiness. Feet fitted with readiness. In verse 15, it says, and with your feet fitted with readiness, that comes from the gospel of peace. You see, what good is the armor if we fall, right? If our feet are not there, standing firm, tall, and strong, what good is any of this armor? If we are not ready to stand on the gospel, to stand on our salvation through Jesus Christ, if we can't stand on that, what foundation do we have? See, everything in our Christian lives is built upon the gospel. The gospel is the good news that forms all of our Christian faith. It forms everything about what Jesus did, about why he came, what he did. It forms everything. And so if we are to fall and no longer believe the gospel, then all of these other elements mean nothing. All of these other elements have no no room for anything because we will not have been made right with God. And so I think that is why Paul uses the feet here in a way for the gospel is because he knows that if you don't have the gospel, you have no foundation to stand upon. You have no foundation to lean upon and to put your hope in. The next part is the shield of faith. Verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil ones. Now, I think it's it's interesting to look at how war happened back then. Uh, and if you ever watched the Chronicles of Narnia, maybe you have a little bit of an idea of this. It's not exactly completely correct, but it does give you kind of a visual. But or maybe Lord of the Rings. That that I'm I'm sure that's another movie that has less Christian implications. But it, it would still get the point across. Is that when when people were going into battle, they would shoot arrows up into the sky, almost as a way to cause panic and to cause chaos amongst the troops because there would just be these arrows raining down. Well, then at that point in time, the soldiers would need to get their shields out and cover themselves. So that way the arrows would hit the shields and not themselves. And so the shields allowed for the soldiers to take cover. And if you ever read the book of Psalms or and even some other places in scripture too, but mostly in the book of Psalms, you read about how we can take refuge in God, about he is our protector. He is there to care for us. I mean, it's just all throughout the Psalms. He is there to protect us, to care for us. And so God is described time and time again as our protector who we can go to in our fear 
and in our trouble. And so when those flaming arrows, uh, how, the flaming arrows of the evil one, as scripture describes it, try to come into our lives and cause fear and trouble, we ourselves can rest upon what God has in store for us, what God has done for us to take refuge in, to take comfort in, and to be protected in. And so none of, uh, none of our lives have to come crumbling down because the shield, we can shield the attacks through our faith in God. The fifth one is the helmet of salvation. And the first part of verse 17 just says, take the helmet of salvation, right? Very little explanation. But in reality, we should know that salvation ensures our victory, that through it all, Knowing that we have Jesus Christ, knowing that we have a future, knowing that we have been saved and we will be with God forever, that should give us the ultimate comfort. That should give us the ultimate hope, everything to help us pursue, because we know there is salvation waiting for us. You know, this, this world might have many things that you love, but none of it will ever compare to what God has in store for you with him forever. In eternity, no hate, no fear, no disabilities, nothing that to separate us from him, nothing to bring us down. We are in his presence with him forever. And that's what we can rest all of our faith upon is that we will be with him forever. Finally, the sword of the spirit. The second part of verse 17 says in the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I, I feel like it is so telling in the story of when Jesus is tempted by the devil. Because what does he do? When the devil comes to him and says, all of this can be yours, or jump off and let the angels protect you, he quotes scripture every single time. And he tells Satan, no, you're wrong. And you see, this is the only offensive weapon that we're given. It's the only weapon that we're given to go and attack with is scripture. And so we fight back with scripture, whether it be the, the devil's schemes upon ourselves. And I think one of the reasons why it's offensive is because we can fight the devil's schemes upon other people as well, that we can go and use scripture to say, look, no, that's not what love means. Love is God, right? Or we can say, no, that is not where you have to put your faith in. You put your faith in God, because if we know scripture, ideally, if we've memorized it well enough, then that way we can use that to be in the offensive, to work against the devil's schemes, not only in our lives, but in the lives of other people as well. So those are the six elements of our lives to never forget. Just to review, truth, righteousness, readiness, faith, salvation in the Bible. I pray that you would pray for these things in your own life. I pray that you would pray these things in the lives of your friends and loved ones and pray for your enemies as well. Pray for them to have these things as well and that you may have good standing with them and that you could win them to Christ as well and bring yourself closer to Christ also. So pray these things, implement these things into your life, and I hope that they will help you fight the good fight against what the devil is trying to do in your life so you can remain focused on God. Thanks for listening.